When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a seat. Hello and welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast. This is Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Iron Solutions and Iron Solutions is cool enough to have David Nixon on here. And Nick, David, how you doing, man? Good, Casey. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm glad to have you on here, man. So, uh, David, give a little bit of background about yourself and what you do over at Iron Solutions. I'm account manager. Cover most of the uh, eastern side of the U.S. My primary role is uh, showing iron guides to our customers, talking about Iron HQ. Uh, today, I'm going to be demoing iron guides so everybody can see how the functionality flows. Awesome. Might even be okay. showing you guys our uh, the first unveiling of our new comps tool as well. So we'll look for that oh, at awesome. the end. Okay. That sounds exciting. All right, David. So let's uh, take a little bit. So let's just talk a little bit about iron guides and what that is. So um, pretty important during the evaluation process to understand what you have. Wow, what it is? Do you have the right seal number? The right year? Do you have all everything correct? When you go through that, um, kind of talk about your experience with uh, the evolution of Iron Guides over the years since you've been working. I've been here for about three years, so there was a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that happened before me. Um, but primarily, Iron Guides is set up by getting price booked from the manufacturer. That kind of establishes a backbone. 
Then we receive uh, used sales transaction reports from dealers all over the U.S. and Canada. And we apply those to the information that we already have from the OEMs. And that's how we produce the guide. It started off years ago as kind of like a co-op type of deal, but it's evolved into an actual uh, company now. And we service a lot of dealers, lenders, appraising services all over the country and in Canada as well. Yep. Okay. Well, let's take a look at your, uh, at the, at the, uh, guides there and, and let's uh, run through your demo here. I'm going to share my screen. You see this okay? Yes, sir. Right, this is the uh, initial Iron Guides uh, interface. We call this our dashboard screen. Uh, several things you can do from here. You're going to see news releases uh, whenever we release a new edition of Iron Guides. You've got places in here for dealers to report sales transactions to us. Uh, we've got some like rental rate kind of stuff and inspection forms you can download in here. Uh, all of your saved appraisals are going to be available to you in this section. Uh, but we're going to just jump right into doing an appraisal. So if I go to start appraisal here, uh, this is where you find our agriculture and our outdoor power equipment. Uh, so we're going to just type in a model that you can type in a model here. I could have gone over and chosen John Deere and tractor if I wanted to, but it's just simpler. Type in as little as possible, see what pops up. The blue and orange IG logo here lets you know that you are subscribed to the guy that has that option in it. You can see here, Deers, we got a great relationship with them. They provide a serial number for most everything. In cases where we don't have a serial number, you can see you'll be an NA here. That does not mean that we don't have that in our system. It just means we don't have serial number data for it. That helps you kind of figure out what year it is. Uh, sometimes you'll see some extra info over here. When you see that, you can click this plus symbol and it'll tell you most of the time it's like where the serial number is located on the machine or if there's two 2019 models that may tell you the difference in the two. Just oh, extra so info like, there. It'll tell you the serial number breaks and, and stuff. So you got your serial number breaks kind of listed here, but sometimes there'll be two 2019s yeah. that it may say, you know, one has a cab and one doesn't or something like that. Okay, I got you. Uh, so you're just going to select whatever year you want to look at here. Um, serial number for us, because where it's located, sometimes people think it might help narrow down criteria. It's really a notes field. Whatever you put here is going to show up on your printout. Uh, so for that reason, you can skip it and just kind of move forward with your appraisal if you want. But if you wanted to type something in there, you could. Uh, you're going to default to whatever region you happen to already be in. When you subscribe to us, I'm in Tennessee, so that's where mine defaults to. It's always going to default to our most recent guide edition. But as a subscriber, you have the ability to choose any guide that this particular product was ever in. So we could go back if we wanted to know what it was worth in the fall of 21. We could do that if we wanted to. But it's always okay. going to default to the most recent. You can see I'm in the southwest U.S. Uh, we've got currency conversion built in, but it's always going to default to our native currency here. And then we just click look up value and it moves us over to the actual values inside iron guides. Uh, you can see initially we're going to give you a base value and we give you five values to work from. <laughs> if you, the resale cash is kind of the one that's based on the last 12 months of uh, sales reports. But if you want to know what we use to calculate the different values, just hover over the bold print and it'll tell you. So you got a little description in there. Um, you can put some other information in here if you want to, serial number, stock number, customer info, trade notes, lots of things you could put in there to kind of enhance your experience if you want. 
This base value, let's talk about that for a second. If I scroll down to specs, when we get the sales reports in, we kind of strip down everything to what we consider to be a base model. Uh, and that's kind of like the most frequently sold options or whatever. So this is what we consider to be base level options for this particular machine. And we even give you the last MSRP that we have on file. So how do you, how do you, how do you go about making that decision as to what, what's base and what's not base? We have a team of people here in Franklin, Tennessee that actually review all the sales reports and based on their analytics, they figure out kind of, this is the one that was sold this way 90% of the time. And sometimes you'll see that it, there may be some specs that were, and we'll see that over here in the selected options. Let me just show you that real quick. When we go to choose selected options, you can see here there are downgrades. There are things you might consider that sure. to be the real base of the machine. But because most of the machines were sold with the option that we have already listed on there, those things are considered downgrades. So if you, oh, we've analyzed the reports we've got, put all that data <clears> together <throat> to come up with the base value. So you're not physically looking at a at the guide um, at the actual price books and seeing what the base level machine specs are. You're 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 basing it off of what your data is saying. Like this is a very common spec, even though it may be a high spec machine, but that's a very common spec. So if it's you know like you said, ninety percent of them have don't have ILS on it, um, then you know that would be an option that you said, hey, it's an upgrade if it's there. But since most of them have that, you're saying that. The uh, even though non-independent link suspension is would be a quote unquote base level machine, you're you're setting it up just based on what your data is showing you from the most common specs that you see out there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And we do have the price book data <laughs> as well, but we use the sales reports to establish this base. Yeah. So when before we go into that. choosing options in there. What's the first uh, adjustment piece we've got is our engine hours. And you can see for this machine, we're showing an average of 1668. You could leave that alone. If you have the engine hours, it's good to go ahead and put those in there. So let's say I put 2068, just to make it simple math. It's going to take what our average is minus this and then times whatever our variable usage dependent rate happens to be. And that's going to give you a deduction for the machine or an increase of its low hours. If for some reason you don't like that number, you have a better rate you want to use, you can click here and put in your own adjustment number if you want. And I do that just to show you that it's simple math. It's this minus this times this gives you the deduction. We have 80 years of data doing this. So most of my customers just leave that alone and put in their engine hours and kind of roll with it. You can see when you get the deduction, it's going to flow up here at the top. So now we have base value, usage adjustment, and adjusted total. You're going to see that happen at the top here as we go through and add options as well. So questions on engine hours at all? Yeah, so <clears throat> it's a little bit different than what people think about. So when, I, when most people think engine hours, they're thinking like, here's what it costs to uh, the depreciation cost was divided by the number of hours, and that's what you come with. That's how you get it. <coughs> so, for example, if you take a look at a, well, let's use your tractor example here. So, if you take your tractor example and it comes back as, um, you know, 
40 bucks an hour or whatever it is. And you think it should be 80 bucks an hour. Um, explain how that, the philosophy of how that number gets put in the, into the system. I think John Womack has been on the podcast before, and he's probably better a guy to explain all the numbers behind it. But what I can tell you is that an hour is worth more at different points in the life cycle of the machine. And so we take all of those things into consideration when we're developing this rate. I can I can tell you that much about it. (laughs) John, John and his team knows all that mathematical stuff behind the scenes there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little bit. there's a, a a bit of a mis uh, misunderstanding, I think, a little bit to how that actually comes out and how that looks. But it, when you actually get when, when you actually walk through how that that uh, factor is put in there, it makes a lot more sense. So we'll have yeah, John absolutely talk about that. So. Those guys have algorithms and flow charts and all kind of stuff to show sure. how the engine hours are affected early on in the life of the machine, and then of course yeah. as the machine gets a little bit older too. Yep. So yeah, not standard depreciation really there. Mm-hmm. We do have a depreciation set up for all of these different options though. Uh, this is not what they cost at the time of purchase. So they have been depreciated over time. Um, yep. We go through here and we can select, uh, we're going to be able to select the options that are on our machine. And I'm just going to select a few so you can see how they look later on on the printout. Uh, so I've got a, a few different things selected there, and you can see we've affected our value by $19,000, right? When I go to the top, we now have, again, base value, usage adjustment, options, and now we have a new adjusted total. The adjusted total is what you want to look at when you're kind of figuring out how to value the machine when it's going to be a trade or a floor plan or whatever. So it's very it's important. To, you can see here, knowing which options you have on your machine uh, versus also just looking at regular random auction transactions out there in the marketplace, one option can change your value by a lot of money. So having these options in here broken out separately is a huge deal. Uh, we kind of think this is our secret sauce and what makes our tool really, really valuable. So questions on selecting options there? No, I think it's just uh, making sure you got the right one selected. I think it's, it's done. You guys do a really good job of laying out like what is the right, you know, when you start looking at all the different, especially like the GPS stuff, you start looking at all the different stuff that goes in there and laying those out. What's, what's the right option to have on what machine. So yeah, that's very important. You can sway, really can sway the machine dramatically, you know, in one way or the other. That's actually a good point. If, if you did have an option that wasn't listed in our selected options uh, box here, we could go to my options type in that particular option and add it and you can assign your own value to that option and it'll be added to the total uh, appraisal as well so that's kind of way of doing some custom options in there or maybe it has an implement or something like that with it that's not in our it wasn't available at the time of purchase so we've pretty much uh gone through an entire appraisal here the only other thing we kind of got to look out for and, and look at is the uh reconditioning so on this machine, we've got a flat rate of twenty nine fifty already built in for reconditioning, uh, but it's not on all of these values. If you notice these two zeros up here, reconditioning is only applied to trade rough and trade premium uh, on the adjusted total. 
So if you were to, if you have a pretty robust service department and they've already done an evaluation on the machine, you could put your number in here, uh, but it's going to be affected by that 2950. Uh, for example, if I was to remove that, let's say I put zero, you can see at the top, it's going to add that back in on the value machine. So those two values are affected by that. But usually, again, I'll leave that pretty static. If for some reason you wanted to use a different number, all of these, or if you wanted to manipulate the value a little bit and add in your margins or delivery allowance, we have these adjustment pieces built in here, and you can toggle between a flat rate or a percentage. By clicking on the little arrows, you can go back and forth. Uh, if you want to do a percentage of the cash selling price, you can change that here. If you want to do a flat rate on delivery allowance, you can add that in. You've got some other costs that we haven't thought about yet. You can do a flat rate or a percentage on that. The so different uh, adjustment factors built in here for you. Uh, once we get done with this piece, we typically go and look at comparables. So we've got a comparables tool built in here. And you can see you're able to choose between advertised listings, auction reports, and sold reports. And you can go through and kind of, this gives you an idea of what we get on a sold report from a customer. So you can see all the different details that we get. We have those kind of put into our system in a way uh, that we can manually click a box and check them in there and there. But if you look at these sold reports, you kind of want to look through there, figure out the ones that are going to match your piece of equipment that you're working on, and then click on them. And I'm just going to click on a couple here. And when you click on them, they're going to automatically be added to this appraisal. And they'll be on your printout when we get done. So I've chosen a couple of sold reports, a couple of auction reports, and a couple of advertised. Advertised have the pictures. We're actually working on getting the pictures in for these two. We're always enhancing this tool. So, so when I click on a couple there, I'm going to go down and click on our printable sheet. Click Save and Download. You can see we've got a printable sheet popping up here. It's going to be able to be saved as a PDF, or you can print it out if you want to. Uh, you can see all the values are going to populate across the top. If you did put customer information in, it would show across here. If you'd put a serial number in that first screen we talked about, it would show here. All the different values are going to populate for you. The base level specs are listed here in smaller print. Every option available is going to be listed, but only the ones that I chose are going to be in bold. And those are the only ones that affect the value up here. And then, as I said before, the comparables that we wanted to look at are now a part of this appraisal. So when I save this for my paperwork, I'm always going to have access to that. So okay. questions on the completed appraisal? <clears throat> that's, that's a good way to keep track of how you got what you did. So, yeah. So it's a good way to show all your comparables and all the numbers that you used to get there. So it's kind of a... A static point in time so if you need to go back and reassess something after you know 90 days or something like that you can kind of see where you got the numbers from the first place and see how much the market's moved since then so it makes, all, makes it pretty simple and you can see here i haven't done anything special as far as saving this if i was to go back to my dashboard now you say changes may not be saved they're automatically saved for you so i go back okay. to my dashboard we're going to go to the uh saved history and you'll see this in there when I go to my saved appraisals, there's, I guess other people are in here working too. Uh, there's the uh, tractor that we just did. 
and I can I can revisit that. Let's say a season changed. I can click edit current appraisal and I can just change some specs. But if the guide edition changed, I can click get updated values and without inputting any new data at all and without having to go through the whole process again, I can get the fall value when it comes out or the winter value when it comes out. Saves a lot of steps there. And there's a ways that you can, if you say, if you have a bunch of different sales reports in here, there's ways to filter them so you can find what you're looking for a little bit easier also. So the more information you put in there, the better it's going to be to find your reports later on. Okay. Now we do have another tool that we, a lot of people may not know about. So when you look, when you're using Iron Guide, we have all the different uh, agriculture and outdoor power equipment pieces that are in here. We get sales reports on a lot of other stuff. We don't throw those sales reports away. We put them over here in a tool called Other Equipment. You just click look up other values, and you can type in stuff here. So, like, uh, let's see. So, we got a John Deere planter here. Planters are really hard for us to establish a base value for, so they end up in this Other Equipment Guide. This particular one, we have 283 sales reports for. So we can go through here and you can find the criteria that works for your whatever piece you're looking at. And when you click on the different ones that match your criteria, the system's going to give you a high, low, and average value automatically. And we have this. So, you'll see stuff in here like planters, excavators, dozers, all kind of stuff. Yeah. So right there where you have options and you, there's a toggle button right there. Is that shows the... Uh, Click the one right below it there with the plus sign. Okay, so it gives you all the breakdown of what's what's hat, what it has and now. Again, these are sales reports, so the amount of data you can see one this north uh, central US, this dealer uh, gave us four pieces of information, where this one gave us like thirty. So this is just what we get on a sales report and we work through all those sales reports to make sure they're organized and go into our system properly. So can you can you search that? Like if I want to search by Maximerge five or any five or something like that is there a way that you can sort by that once you're inside a particular piece i can click on filters and i have a few different things that i could change here and and actually filter my search since i have so many reports on this particular piece sure. i could go by retail or auction date range region uh or size and i can actually use whatever i want in here and see the certain number of rows, that kind of thing. If you're talking about just searching up here, is that what you're referring to? Well, I'm talking about like the specific specs. So I, I can bear around a 12 row 30 inch or something like that. And then um, if I'm looking for a, you know, electric drive plan or something like that, like an ME5 or something like that, is that spec? So if you scroll down there a little bit back to your specs, if I won't show up, well, I might show up like that. So we go, we do search options, text, there's your electric drive, and I can click on that, and it should be showing me that I've got 29 there that have the electric drive. Okay. On. All right. This kind of helps funnel that down a little bit from the specifics. Yeah, that's all a product of just that team I told you about. The, they, yeah. the way they enter this data makes it really easy to kind of filter and search things. I show you this because I also wanted to show you uh, our new comps tool that we're working on okay. that we're we've actually in a soft launch right now. We got a few people that are actually looking at this with us. So this is what our comparables are going to look like going forward. Uh, a much more robust uh, tool. 
you're going to, we've got currently a few different options for you to choose for date ranges. If you wanted to see just more recent sales reports, I think we're going to add in one for a longer range as well, like 18 months to two years. If you wanted to see older sales reports built in there, um, you can choose the engine hours. You get to kind of customize once you're done with your appraisal and you're in this comparable section, you could even see, okay, these are the only options that I want to see in my comparables that I'm looking at. So you can kind of filter there. Uh, it's going to default to every region, but you can narrow it down if you want to. Can narrow down the model years. And what's really cool about this is the dealers that report their sold transactions to us are going to be able to click on my sold reports and see their own sold reports in here. So again, <laughs> looks like I'm getting kicked off for some reason. But you've got your, we've got still have the auction advertised and sold reports in here, but you're going to be able to see them in a lot better form. And when we get the data, uh, it's been kicking me off. Like I've got too many sessions open, it looks like. But I want to give you guys a sneak peek of this so you can kind of see how the tool is working, what it's going to look like in the future. And you'll be able to compare a lot more different uh, <clears throat> transactions that match the piece of machinery that you're looking at. Right on. That's a pretty handy tool. Uh, we're, we're pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be really nice. And what we're going to do eventually on the next phase, we're in phase one right now. We're in phase two. That other equipment section I told you about, yeah, that I just showed you, is going to be in here. Okay. So you'll be able to kind of find those pieces of those other unique pieces, and so those that planter that we had 290 sales reports for, they're going to be in here, rather than that other format. Okay. So we're, this is all based on just having conversations with customers and kind of listen to what they think you know we they're telling us they need to be able to conduct their business a little bit better. So. Trying to listen and get it done. It's awesome. So, what other questions can I answer for you? So, when you're looking at um, so auction values right now, you're going to see a pretty active auction season. I think this this year, when you guys are getting auction values, talk a little bit about that. Where, where you get that from, and and how do you how do you find that data? We have relationships with various auction houses, uh, mm -hmm. but we also have corporate partners that are under our Randall Riley umbrella, uh, Equipment Watch, um, sure. you know, a couple of those other businesses that handle a lot of auction values. And we now have all that data in a data pool. So we can pull it all okay. in here. Uh, a lot of different sources to be able to, to pull in more auction data than we've ever had. That's awesome. I think that's one of the um, one of the key factors, I think, when I'm looking at equipment is what's the auction market doing and how's that affecting the overall retail market? And, and trying to marry those two things together so you don't have you're not too heavy one side or the other and you're kind of trying to find that balance there in between you know looking at that those values because it's it is a it's a oddly and you're probably seeing it in values you know how much stuff has changed over the last two years how fast they went up and how you know now i was going to say around, you know that balance has been really hard to find over the past two years yeah. for sure it's been a hard it's been you know, had a kind of a pretty calm as far as values go, um, kind of four year run between like 16 and 20, you know, we had a, it's pretty, everything kind of stayed very linear, I guess, if you wanted to, to, to use a good word there. But it, when you started seeing the stuff from COVID and price increases and everything else coming into play and availability and all the factors that played into pricing and that shot up and now we're starting to see that kind of wear off. It, it's a, it's a hard 
kind of thing to keep your arms around. So I guess talk about that a little bit and, and the data that you guys are getting. I talk with John a lot about John Womack a lot about what they have going on and um, the amount of attention you guys are paying to that is is uh, it, it's staggering how much time you're spending on that. So I guess talk a little bit about that that you know how you guys are staying ahead of that curve. I guess. Yeah, John and his team are really good at that. Um, again, again, six-person team here in Franklin, and that's pretty much all they do is look through sales transaction reports. John and his team have been really good about working with our, our new brother and sister companies under the Randall Riley umbrella. Randall Riley is really just a, it's a massive data company. Yeah. So we have a lot of different sources that we can pull in now. And when they pull that data into our system, we've already got a lot of really good analytics products in there. And John and his team are constantly looking at where the trends are going. I know we just made an adjustment to how we uh, calculate or how much we allow the engine hours and uh, separator hours to affect the value because we we realized we were maybe a little bit behind the curve on that. So this latest guide edition, John and his team just adjusted that to make sure it's more in line with what the market looks like. We're always doing stuff like that to help improve the product. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it's an ever evolving tool too. I mean, just the, the amount of the different stuff that you're seeing as far as technology, even, I mean, you start looking at just the technology that's from year to year and the stuff that's being added on to that and just staying on top of that stuff and moving that stuff forward. So yeah, it's a, it's a, Pretty big, um, pretty big undertaking, but you guys seem to be staying ahead of it. And things look like they're, they're really moving along for you. So, I guess as you take a look at what you see here, um, I know you talked about a couple different um, phases that you're going to look at, but I guess you have a you have a hard, like a rough date of when this comparable tool will be ready for the public to see on a regular basis. This is ready now. Okay. We're at, again, we're in a soft rollout. We've, we've got a couple of different customers that we're kind of releasing this to that are already Iron Guides customers uh, and allowing them to use this. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that it's working properly before we go with a full launch, but we haven't had any issues yet, and we think it looks, looks great. So we're getting some really good feedback on it, and uh, I'm really excited. I've been here for a few years now, but I'm really excited about the direction. We brought in some real, some new talent that really knows uh, this industry a lot uh, very well. And the, the things that they're doing to develop iron guides and make it a tool uh, is really exciting. That's awesome. Well, David, I think that's a, a pretty good place to stop there. If uh, people want to reach out to you and get more information about iron guides, what's the best way to do that? Uh, you can go to ironsolutions.com and pop in a request there. I'm happy to take any calls or emails also. Just David, Nick's at RandallRiley.com. Pretty simple. Um, but if you send, if you put a request in on the website, uh, myself, Tyler, Kirk, our sales team is going to grab it and give you a call. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, David, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Any final thoughts you want to throw out there before we close things down? No, just that I'm excited about the future of Iron Solutions and Iron Guides, and I can't wait to talk to people about it. Awesome, man. That's great. Well, David, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks a lot, Casey. I don't know, man. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast right now on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the video version over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Go to Moving Iron LLC for every, or Moving Iron LLC.com, rather, for everything Moving Iron related. 
and get all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 13th. Iron Solutions will be there and have a booth and they'll have uh, some stuff set up. I don't know if David's going to be there or not, but we'll, uh, I know uh, John Womack and his guys will be there too for sure. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with David Nix, just with some iron folks. Uh, Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.